Welcome back, Psychonauts. We have another podcast for you about stress this time. So, well, let's jump right into it. So, um, stress definition time, the anxious or threatening feeling resulting from a situation and our reaction to demands placed upon us. So, we're going to be exploring that, but that's our textbook kind of starter definition. So, that's stress, and a stressor refers to the stress-producing event or situation that causes that stress. And a stress reaction, the body's observable response to a stressor. So we have a whole bunch of definitions about stress there. So now how we react to stress and just what stress is can mean a whole bunch of different things. And that's kind of what we're going to be exploring. So for instance, distress, this is negative stress. Just the name alone can kind of make you figure that one out, but it is anxiety or pressure that can take a harsh toll on the mind and body. So that's bad stress, but there's actually good stress. That's called eustress, E-U stress, eustress. Uh, so yeah, this is positive stress, and this is from stress that you get from striving and challenging yourself. Um, so if you've ever um, played a video game that has been very uh, stressful to try to, to beat and you're losing constantly and stuff and you finally win, you finally complete the level and you're just like, yes, I got it and stuff. But there was a lot of stress along the way. But it wasn't necessarily negative stress. It was stress, but there was ultimately a, a, a good thing uh, in, in the result of it all. So. Now, we're going to talk about the kind of uh, cognitive model behind the stress uh, in general kind of thing that there's, and uh, we'll focus on psychologist Richard Lazarus, and he believed that how a person registers and evaluates an event is what makes the difference. So therefore, like, stress is not necessarily a result of how large or serious a problem is, but rather if we think that we are capable of handling that problem. So if we think, you know, it's like, all right, this is a big problem and stuff. But you know what? I got this. Well, that's probably, you know, I mean, it's a lot on us of how we interpret it and how we deal with it. So um, a lot of stress comes, and I'm going to kind of get into this of how we deal with it, but a lot of stress comes from trying to pick between two or more options. And uh, there's usually different motives for doing different options and so forth, and this causes stress. And then how we handle it um, kind of goes from there, kind of going back to what, uh, that Lazarus guy was talking about here. So, for instance, um, let's talk about these different conflict situations. The first one, and there's going to be a few here, approach-approach conflicts. And this is where a person must choose between two basically good alternatives. So it's like, wow, I have to pick between eating cookie dough or bacon. Like, oh my gosh, it's so stressful, but it's a positive thing. Or you get accepted into two different amazing colleges and you have the stress of trying to pick between two awesome situations. Now, on the opposite side of things, now that would be a you stress. Then we get into distress conflicts here. And this one is called an avoidance avoidance conflict. So it's the opposite of our approach approach. So avoidance avoidance is when you have to pick between two really crappy situations or two unattractive alternatives. So studying for a science test or studying for a math test. Well, I don't like either of those. So I just, you're having to pick between two bad options essentially. Centipedes or spiders kind of thing. All right, and that brings us into approach avoidance conflicts. Well, that sounds a little, I mean, it's using words we've already had here, but kind of an interesting situation. 
An individual who wants to do something but has fears or doubts or is repulsed by it at the same time. So, for instance, here's a little example for you. person wants to ask for a raise, but they are afraid that they'll be fired if they ask for this raise. There's a lot of anxiety. It's like, well, you know, I, I want to get a raise, but it's like, gosh, if I do this, I maybe I'll find out that man, I just am not deserving of this job in the first place. So the degree of stress depends on the intensity of the desire or the perceived threat. So resolution of this type of conflict often is very difficult and depends generally on the person's finding additional reasons to choose one alternative over the other. So the person in this example may learn that their boss thinks their work has been excellent. Therefore, they will feel there is, a, there is little risk of being fired if they ask for more money. So I guess more information is the best way to deal with a problem like that. All right, our next one is double approach avoidance conflict and the individual must choose between two or more alternatives each of which has attractive and unattractive aspects so for instance all right we're planning spring break so do i go to florida or do i stay home and do like a staycation all right each of these has pros each of these have cons so for instance going to florida pro fun good weather beach staycation cheap relaxing all right, Florida, cons, expensive, travel, staycation, cons, not very exciting, poor weather. All right, the degree of stress generating depends on the intensity of the attractions and repulsions between these two. So you're trying to pick between two potentially good things and also two potentially downsides of these, of these options. So double approach avoidance conflict. So... Uh, now, as we are getting to all these situations, we are doing appraisals. And um, appraising a situation, the level of stress you feel depends on how you appraise this situation. So we start off with this primary appraisal, and that is our immediate evaluation of the situation. So does this situation prevent us with more challenges than we think we can handle? And there are generally three ways that this comes out. So when we appraise a situation, it is either going to turn out to be irrelevant, positive, or negative. So for example, you hear that there's going to be a pop quiz in school. All right, irrelevant um, appraisal would be, you're okay, the teacher doesn't give hard quizzes, and you have studied. All right, that would be irrelevant. So it doesn't really matter one way or the other. All right, the positive, you're looking forward to it. You know your material, you will get a good grade. That's pretty positive. And then there's the negative. Crap, you don't know anything. So, uh, irrelevant, positive, negative kind of thing. All right, so like I said, when you make this appraisal, there's the primary right off the bat, but there's also a secondary appraisal. This occurs when we evaluate the different options for coping. So we must consider our available resources. We then make a decision on how to deal with the potential uh, potentially stressful situation. Um, and this is generally slower and more deliberate than primary appraisals are. So, um, also, another part of a secondary appraisal is based on whether we expect the situation to change for the better or worse. And this is talking about our future expectancy. So it's like, okay, very stressful, very bad, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is something better there out there. I know this will get better. Um, I can see an end in sight kind of thing like... You know, it's, this is bad now, but you know what? It will get better kind of thing. Now, once again, continuing on with um, stressors and so forth, um, something to consider is environmental stressors. 
and environmental conditions may cause a lot of stress. Um, surveys to Americans regarding stress uh, say that the one of the most foremost irritants in their lives is noise, and that I guess that kind of makes sense, kind of thing. Um, so when we are evaluating different stress in our lives, um, we we have kind of like this, you know. And I, and I apologize. I'm not sure, um, you know, the study behind like who who came up with this, but they they have kind of different. Uh, they've assigned different like point values of stress to different things going on in our lives, and if you are scoring below 150 on one of these kind of like stress tests, you tend to remain healthy. 70% of people over uh, scored over 300 became sick. So if you have a lot of stress in your life, it can cause a lot of problems. Now, I'm not gonna go through all these different life events, but just to kind of give you an idea of some of the different life events and the different uh, point value associated with them. So the number one stressful life event would be the death of a spouse. That gets a hundred points on the stressometer. A divorce gives you seventy-three. Um, so a separation of you know uh, of a family uh, sixty-five. Jail term sixty-three. Death of a close family member sixty-three as well. Personal injury or illness fifty-three. Um, marriage difficulties fifty. Fired at work forty-seven. Um, a reconciliation of uh, a family uh, can be 45. Um, I, I guess the the stress uh, just surrounding all that. And I guess that could, uh, you know, some of this could be you uh, stress. I guess. I mean, this next one, retirement. I mean, that seems nice, but at the same time, uh, it gives a 45. And there's a whole bunch of these that you can go through if that's be something you'd be interested in. There are a lot of them out there. So now when we're dealing with all of this stress, um, we're going to see um, uh, some different stages develop. So uh, for instance, when this starts off, we see uh, a general adaptation syndrome. So we are dealing with this stress. So the first stage I'm going to talk about under this general adaptation syndrome is the alarm stage. The body reacts to a stressor with a fight or flight defense. Uh, heartbeat, uh, heartbeat sorry, and breathing uh, quickens, muscles tense, pupils dilate, and hormones that sustain these reactions are secreted throughout our body. The person is exceptionally alert and sensitive to the stimuli in the environment and tries to keep a firm grip on his or her emotions. So this is that kind of like all of a sudden that spike in adrenaline, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do instantly kind of thing. All right. Then we get into the resistance stage. The person is able to find a way to cope with the stressor and to ward off superficially at least adverse reactions. Blood pressure remains high and the body continues to secrete these stress-fighting hormones. If the stress response continues, the body is thrown off balance. The person is likely to have problems concentrating and may become irritable during this time. Then we get to stage of exhaustion. The person may reach the breaking point. At this point, this breaking point, the uh, uh, ad adrenal and uh, other adrenal, sorry, pronunciation, it's been a long day. The, adre the adrenal and other glands involved in the fight or flight response have been taxed to their limits and become unable to secrete hormones. He or she becomes exhausted and disoriented and may develop delusions of persecution at this stage. And this, this is not the only way that our bodies and everything react to it. The emotional and cognitive responses to stress include um, our, our 
like um, anxiety, um, and that is a feeling of uh, eminent but unclear threat. So this is how our kind of our our, our body is reacting internally, cognitively, emotionally. Um, also, we see anger. Um, this is likely to result from the frustration uh, dealing with it. Um, and continued frustration can lead to burnout, which we've talked about before. But basically, when in this case of stress, when someone feels they are incapable of doing their job well. And uh, further building off this, cognitive reactions to stress also can include um, difficulty in concentrating or thinking clearly, reoccurring thoughts, um, confusion, and poor decision making. And um, probably one of the um, one of the ones we sometimes hear about more so in our society are um, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorders, or disorder. Um, a condition, and textbook definition, a condition in which a person who has experienced a traumatic event feels severe or long-lasting after effects of this. Uh, this is common among veterans of military combat, survivors of acts of terrorism, natural disasters, plane crashes, acts of uh, human aggression, and so on. The event that triggers the disorder overwhelms a person's normal sense of reality and ability to cope with everything. And kind of moving on from this, a behavioral and physical reaction. So we just got done talking about cognitive and emotional. So the behavior and physical reactions to stress. So behavioral reactions, there are many short-term behavioral changes that result from stresses. Um, nervous habits uh, include pacing, gulping meals, feeling tired for no reason at all, shaky voice, tremors, uh, strained expressions, hunched posture. Uh, they may temporarily lose interest in eating, grooming, and bathing. Um, they may behave aggressively towards their family members or towards strangers. Um, some reactions can be positive. Um, and I know that sounds kind of weird, but during like natural disasters, uh, tons and tons of stress and so forth, people, some people will risk their lives to save others. And some stressors often create attitudes of cooperation that override individual differences and disagreements. So we all need to come together for one common goal to fight against this terrible event that is going on, a, a tsunami, a hurricane, whatever. And severe stress can lead to the development of escapist reactions and behaviors as well. So that is not positive, uh, but alcoholism, drug addiction, chronic unemployment, and attempted suicide are some of the things that can come from this severe stress. Uh, and research has shown that individuals have, uh, who have greater coping skills are less likely to return to their negative behaviors in time of stress uh, moving forward. And uh, we talked about behavioral, physical reactions to stress. Psychosomatic symptoms. These are real physical symptoms caused by stress or tension. Uh, these can be headaches, stomach aches, muscle pains. Uh, stress can also be uh, at least partly responsible for almost any disease. Um, for instance, if you have ever gotten a cold right in the middle of like a finals week or exam week or anything like that, uh, that, that can be a result of stress. Now, there are different factors um, influencing how we react to stress. Uh, personality type is a big one. So there are two main personality types, at least in regards to this. There are type A and type B personalities. Type A, these are people who are always prepared for fight or flight. They are generally, they have this kind of free-floating hostility or anger that has no real focus. 
Um, they generally struggle with time, um, other people, or both. Uh, um, they, they get stressed out dealing with this kind of stuff. Uh, type A people uh, generally tend to be irritable um, by any type of delay of any kind. Uh, they are impatient waiting in line, tend to move and eat rapidly, often try to multitask, feel guilty when they are not actively doing something. Then there's the opposite, the type B. These people generally deal with stress a little bit easier. They are generally relaxed, they are very patient, and do not become angered easily, uh, generally. All right, um, moving on with some other ways. Um, of dealing with stress. Emotional expressiveness. Some research has gone into this that suggests that people who neither express nor admit to strong feelings of despair, depression, and anger are more likely to develop health issues than those who vent their emotions. So if you bottle stuff up inside, you generally are going to have more ill effects than people that just kind of let it out. And that kind of holding on to this stuff and not letting out um, can be called rumination. And this is a reaction to stress um, that is caused by continually dwelling on negative feelings. Um, and this is like people that telling themselves, I feel terrible, or I never do anything right, and just kind of dwelling on the things that are, that are bad and not going well for you. So um, we are going to pause there for this part. I see I'm a little over 17 minutes as I say this now. So. Um, I'm going to start talking about ways that we deal with stress um, and kind of uh, try to, you know, work with the stresses in our lives and stuff. So we're going to pick up with that part in our next section. So we're going to call it on this podcast and pick right back up here in just a moment. So thanks for listening and talk to you soon.